in the corporate sector. And boy, my previous bosses in corporate America aren't going to like me for saying that. But it's really true what it is. It's it's corporate socialism. Well, it's socialized losses and privatized gains. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All the time. Transfer the gains to the individuals, socialize the losses through yeah. what? The bond market, the stock market, everything. Yeah. All of that goes under the protective umbrella of the corporation, which is very hard to pierce that veil. We were taught in business school, but guess who's making all the money? The people that run it, they take their money out in terms of a benefits, stock, compensation, you know, all that kind of stuff, lifestyle the company provides them, company car, that kind of thing. And they take it out. And if the company goes kaboom, this is something we also learned in business school. They actually had a term for it. This is the mid nineties. It's called a golden parachute. Yep. So the golden parachute is a way to make sure you get your money after you screw all the employees, yep. all the shareholders, and all the consumers of your product. Welcome to Gold Silver Pros, where you'll learn the ins and outs of the gold and silver markets. Searching for the best precious metals deal? Our affiliates are of the utmost trust, quality, and highest customer service in the industry. Shop with our trusted partner, Arc Silver. Access special deals on silver, gold, and platinum through our website or call 307-264-9441. Everybody, it's Rob Keynes at goldsilverpros.com. And guess what? I have one of my best friends on the business uh, on with me uh, to talk about the goofy Fed and what's going on there with inflation and their complete ineptitude. It is Ian Everard from Mark Silver. How are you doing today, Ian? I'm good. Thanks, Rob. And yourself? Doing very well. Uh, it is super hot in Texas. We did have reports of some brownouts uh, kind of close to me short term, but not the length of brownouts that we had last year. So I guess we're doing OK from an energy grid perspective. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm just sitting here in my comfortably air conditioned apartment, not going anywhere, <laughs> trying to stay out of the heat. And I hear, Ian, that you've had quite a bit of heat this week as well. Yeah, we got into the 80s, Rob. <laughs> in the 80s. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you breaking out the bathing suit and going well, down to the swimming hole? Still had a ground frost yesterday morning. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, yeah, it suits me. Growing up in the UK, never getting too hot, really. Yeah, this is perfect. Yeah. Have you read that See book? See how many inflation in France. Yes. So, I've had that book recommended to me by several people. It's a really good, I haven't read it, but I'm told it's a really good. Yeah. So it yeah. was authored by Andrew Dickinson White. He was a co-founder of Cornell University 100 years ago to give lectures. Yeah. So basically he turned a lecture series into a short book. You can read it. I'm a slow reader. It took me about two hours to read it. Mm -hmm. And it tells us how France <laughs> did this inflationary destruction process twice in a period of 70 years. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> and France has never recovered. France mm -hmm. should be as powerful, if not more powerful than Germany. You know, generally incredibly smart, incredibly creative people, incredibly rich natural resources, incredible history. Uh, and yet it's never recovered from destroying their currency twice in under a century. Um, so all of this, Ian, points to the fact that if you don't have primary wealth, you don't have real wealth. Stuffed. And I would yeah. even challenge, I'm an investor in a lot of things. I've invested in real estate, crypto, all that kind of stuff. 
I would even challenge that real estate is not primary wealth because if you own properties and they crash and you lose that paper value, you still got that mortgage and you're, you know, people can go bankrupt. And I know that because during 2008, 2009, during the crash, a lot of the real estate investors I know were buying other people's houses and apartment complexes because they couldn't afford them anymore. And they made an absolute killing. That's when you buy when blood's yeah. in the streets, right? So primary wealth is gold and silver. Yeah. It's not anything else. You could argue farmland, maybe, if you take out the counterparty risk of taxes and, and other predatory laws by the local municipalities. But really, when you're talking about primary wealth, yeah. and Exter had this correct on his pyramid, it's gold and silver, period, and not much else. So yeah. in light of that, I think that we've talked about quite a bit for about 30 minutes, let's get to uh, your business, which is providing gold and silver to people as cheaply as possible. Talk about what you've got going on there. Yeah, I'm pleased to announce that after a long association with Silverback Precious Metals, I am taking out the only available U.S. franchise to be able to slice and produce uh, the thousand ounce bar slices. So I'm working with Jim Forsyth to get that production up and running. Mm -hmm. um, I have a a colleague visiting me at the moment to, to, to learn the techniques and they're going to train me up because we anticipate, well, actually we don't anticipate, we know there's going to be an explosion in demand. And when there's an explosion in demand, the premiums go through the roof to scare the public off from buying. Now you can't really blame the retailers because it's the wholesalers who put the premiums up and the retailers have to put an add on to that to, to survive but there's a deliberate constriction. There's not a free flow of retail size, particularly silver available or gold. And I think that's by design. I think it's, we've had it taken out of our currency. 1970 was the last time we had silver in the half dollar. So you can't store metals that way. I mean, there's the exception, we can store nickel. Um, so yes, I'm pleased to announce we'll be developing that soon. We have, this is a prototype. This is a hand poured 10 ounce bar. We now have the machine cast 10 ounce bars. Yep. We're doing those for 265 over spot, which I think is the lowest price 10 ounce bar in the universe. Yeah. And we still got everything else. I don't know, Ian, you gotta be careful saying that because you know somewhere on Mars it may be cheaper. <laughs> well, we'll send Bezos there to find out. Here we go. We can send. <laughs> yeah. And then, please, to say, hopefully these are arriving today, are the mm -hmm. Take Your Silver Back. I think every nice. backer should have some of these. These are just classic. I think these will go down in history. It's highly collectible. Uh, so Silverback Precious Metals is run by the same gentleman who runs Citizens for Sound Money. The guy was an engineer. I think he worked for NASA and was in was in the armed forces, I believe. Yeah. Was in the armed forces. He takes these thousand ounce bars off of Comex. He slices them and sells the slices. And then with the excess silver from those cuttings, and perhaps maybe he he uses some extra he buys, he does bars and rounds with, with the with the logo on it. And we'll eventually get one for gold silver pros too. We'll get a gold silver pros coin for sure. Uh, but he's doing this, you know, on his own, you know, on his own has done a really good job of it, but he and you have a similar, 
business plans just to provide real quick. Can you describe how you guys do that? Cause I think this is important for people to understand when we say you've got the lowest prices, how do you get there over like an app max or some of these other guys? Well, on the processing the thousand ounce bars, this is a slice. So that's a, just yeah. over a kilo slice. It's pretty economical, the actual machining. So we buy okay. thousand ounce bars at the lowest price we can find. So our base costs and our machining costs are very low and there's no chain. So we're not paying for a mint and all of those overheads to do that. And the same on the, the, the 10 ounce, this is what they use the shavings from. They make these beautiful, I think amazing can pour 10 ounce rounds. Um, so that's a process. And the, the, the fundamental reason behind it was to be able to provide a continuity, continuity, continuous supply when whole, when the normal premiums skyrocket. I mean, twice I've been in business two years now doing this. Twice I've seen premiums spike. And the first spike on a 100-ounce bar, the premiums went to $5. $5 on a 100-ounce on a, on a bar. So this, this is a way we can ensure every last drop of silver um, that is physically available, the last will be the 1,000-ounce bars. Because when the COMEX refuse authorized participants the thousand ounce bars, we know their cupboards are bare and then there is no ceiling on the price of silver. And that day will come. Um, fundamentally, it will come. There's enough people now know the fundamentals, thanks to people like Chris Marcus and his book, The Big Silver Short. You just look at all of the facts, the, the production falling, the uses increasing, and how tiny a market silver is, $20 billion worth a mind a year. That's the whole world output. One individual could buy that. Elon Musk could buy it too. Is that like one share of Tesla or two shares of Tesla? <laughs> Maybe in an Amazon. Yeah. Is, I mean, I'm, I'm joking, but yeah, the silver market is it's small. And, and, and not only on the slices, in, but you can get like, kilo bars or sometimes you get other deals like 40 percent kennedy yeah how do you get those for cheaper than everybody else how are you maintaining lower prices than everybody else i want to make a living doing this i'm not trying to get rich mm -hmm. doing it i uh, keep my overheads yeah. low i'm building the business as i scale it up no doubt there'll be hurdles as i need more employees and larger premises but that's mm. that's my problem it shouldn't be the client's problem having to pay higher and higher premiums um, at the moment, the spread is incredibly high. I think a lot of the retail people are charging $2, $3 over wholesale on a one ounce coin or, uh, you know, and on small quantities, the small bar gets hit excessively hard. So I always endeavor if I'm selling just a handful of coins to give the 500 or a thousand coin rate, because that's. I, I was a, well, I am a stacker, but I, I was buying from, from the online companies and I was always trying to find a deal. And if you remember that, dip, yeah. when we dipped down to $11 for a, for a day, you couldn't buy silver online. No, no one was selling it. for. No, they just took it off and said, <laughs> forget this. <laughs> We're not selling to you yeah. for, yeah. And this will happen again. So, so I'm um, hopefully I'll be prepared as long, alongside the silver working with Silverback to, to increase the amount available. But I'd strongly recommend, and anybody who's watching this who is a stacker or is thinking of stacking, get to know your dealer now. Get that relationship. 
because these big sites will just turn off. Um, the last mini squeeze we had when we hit $27, I had wholesalers said, that's it, we're shut for the day. Call back in a day or two, we might sell you something. And this this can happen in minutes. And it, it sounds like we're exaggerating. It sounds like we're crying wolf, but the wolf did come. The wolf is coming. We will run out of silver. And, and I think on extras period. Well, to that point, uh, to that point, uh, Mike Say, who's a good friend of mine and channel moderator for YouTube, probably will be monitoring this video when it's out every single day. And now he's got it to where he's got several reports and you get really detailed charts and stuff. There has been a huge amount of now both gold and silver flowing out of the COMEX. It was just silver. Now it's gold and silver. So big monies are coming in because that's an industrial market. And that's not a small market. That's not for retail people. That's not for people with, you know, $20,000. That That is for people with big money yeah. to go take delivery off the COMEX. And we showed in you know, Rafi's video, it's really hard to get delivery off of there. You, you know, there's only one or two brokers that do it and you got to be one of these big boys. Um, so it, it can be difficult to get that stuff off, but it's flying off. And whatever inventories people think is sitting yeah. in America ain't sitting in America, at least to the level they think it is. Yeah. Well, no one's selling in retail that I know of. I think I've had one client this year. Mm-hmm sold a hundred ounce bar um they didn't buy it from me but they contacted me and i bought it off them um so out of millions of dollars of sales 100 ounce bar purchased on the secondary market i i guess the coin shops do a bit better um no one's ringing me up saying buy my silver <laughs> do I got a question for you. If you had a big guy come in, relatively big retail investor, and they want $200,000 in silver, can you provide it? Yes. What about 500000 in silver? Can you provide it? I'd have to be careful where I place. You have to be careful because of inventories? The It's unspoken, but if an authorized participant asks for too many bars, they can get frustrated in their request. So if they ask, if they typically have 100 bars a month, 20 contracts, and they ask for 300, they can get squeezed, i.e. next month they'll get half their quota. Because essentially there's not enough really to go around. That's essentially what we're saying. Because if there were enough to go around, they'd give you whatever you wanted. They're going to make money off it. Exactly. Yeah. And and we we had this, do do you remember back at the Silver Symposium when I asked Jeffrey Christian um, why the refiners were buying thousand ounce bars <laughs> and reselling them. And then he went off on a track to trail of distraction, maligning Andrew Maguire, you know, and, you know, bringing up his past, bringing up his mistake. And Mike Maloney, I rem- that's where I spoke up and we had that experience. Yeah, that, no, that, yeah, it was, no, it was Andrew Maguire. He maligned. He said, oh, he used to be a used car salesman. He abandoned his wife, doesn't talk to his daughter. Yep. Did anything apart from answer my question. And he sort of answered, we'll do it because <laughs> they can make money. But surely they make more money by taking raw silver they buy below spot, turning it into 1,000-ounce bars, and they sell them above spot. That That is because in – the refiners get it from the miners and there's a supply deficit. Last year, every November, Silver Institute produces their preview for the next year. Last November, 
they said they expected the market to be 110 million ounces of silver short this year, meaning what the miners are currently producing versus what we're currently demanding. Not talking about stockpiles, but current demand, current supply. Well, now I'm hearing where the Silver Institute is now changing their numbers to hide that, by the way, because it's now become apparent that there's not that much silver liquidity. You've said it. If you go to your wholesalers and you make an abnormally large buy, they could kind of say, well, we'll give you this. Yeah. Comex, I, the silver's flowing off the Comex. You you have refiners buying it from, from the exchanges instead of from the miners because they can't get it. So we know right now there's a, a current, and current, I mean, as of right now, point in time, silver shortage between what's produced, what you can get a hold of. And what we're seeing is like the Comex and other places starting to lose inventories. Those are your stockpiles. Now, there's also a retail stockpile. Nobody knows how much of that's available. But like you said, nobody's selling it back to you. Why would they at 21, 22 bucks? Yeah. I mean, the right mind is going to sell silver 21, 22, unless you have an emergency and you're paying a hospital bill, something along those lines. You got to pay yeah. the rent. So all signs point toward a coming silver shortage. And we haven't even hit the financial crisis yet. What happens in when stuff gets real and let's say the fed gets to the 3.8 percent target fed funds right they want at the end of the year and lending starts to dry up we have a repo issue the bond market starts to freak out and one one hedge fund or one big investor says i want to take silver what happens to silver it's gone like that because we saw last year ian yeah. Three days, the last 110 million ounces came out of the London market for SLV. And they said three or four more days like that, and we're bankrupt. And that was the last year when there was a hell of a lot more. The retail demand has gone up. Mine yeah. supply has come down. How many days is it? Yeah. And that was a retail run. That wasn't a big hedge fund. That wasn't a company. That wasn't Samsung or Apple. It was freaking retail demand on an ETF that almost bankrupted the London silver market. By the way, which is all where all, almost yeah. all the ETFs store their silver. So think about this in your mind. If you had played the silver market by buying ETF and they said that they were almost out of silver last year after a three-day run, how confident do you feel if you're in one of those ETFs that they actually have your silver? And that goes back to the point we made earlier in primary wealth is in your hands. It's the physical. It's not a derivative, yeah. right? Am I wrong on that? Am I ranting for no reason or am I, have I put all this together? Yeah. Not at all. Yes. Many things you put there. Let's go back. One, the Silver Institute. They do amazing work. Great detail, real factual stuff. But they fudge the recycling. They guess what the recycling amount is. Yeah. And we've been lied to about recycling when they shut down the Manhattan Project and all of that silver that two billion ounces they flooded it into the market and they called it recycling and mine production so they've lied the government's lied to us and institutions have lied to us basically about where the silver comes they from. never lie and they don't you understand they never lie <laughs> they never they always tell us the truth <laughs> we're all conspiracy theorists ian i'm going to give the youtube algorithm something to choke on i'm going to say we're all conspiracy theorists you know, the government is always correct. Of course. Reagan was wrong. You want the government showing up to your front door trying to help yeah. you. This is all good.
Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're being paranoid, Ian, over here. Let's, let's throw something else in then. J.P. Morgan are liars We're going to get banned now because we mentioned J.P. Morgan. They've been prosecuted. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're the custodians at SLV. That, Ian, that's a non-supported Was it viewpoint. We're going to have to correct that on Twitter and YouTube. Uh, <laughs> we can't allow the truth out. We're going to get a banner across our video, the truth about the silver market. So that and it's going to be some garbage from Jeffrey Christian or one of these other that, that morons or bank or banker. Uh, what do you call them? Banker stooges. <laughs> well, that 110 million ounces never got moved physically. If somebody, somebody did a, an infographic <laughs> of how many semis for the silver it would have taken to move for, to the vault. That didn't happen. You know what they did, Ian? They took their HSBC or whatever it was. <laughs> It just changed stickies, right? Here, you change these stickies, I'll change these stickies, and we're all good. <laughs> Problem is, they've got so many stickies on the same bar, I couldn't find the bar. Uh, every bank owns every bar. Don't worry, it's not going to be an issue. Don't worry, it's all good. Probably the scrap paper value, the post-it note stuck on the bars is worth more than the bar. That's right, 3M. <laughs> With the post-it notes, has yeah. made so much more money because <laughs> their their revenues went up in the last quarter because of all the post-it notes being used to rehypothecate silver sitting in London. Yeah, yeah it's all a big joke, and we're laughing and having fun. It's, but it, you know, it's a serious issue, Ian, because it's primary wealth. And like you said, from the top yeah. of Extra's pyramid down, if you go back earlier in the video when we had it up, seeing that in the markets. And when they crash down, what you're left with is just a handful of, of real wealth. And it does a couple of things. One, it bankrupts everybody and causes mass issues with people being able to buy food, pay rent, live. You know, my parents went through the Great Depression. I know what happens when stuff hits the fan in the financial markets. It gets nasty. But not only that, it leaves this concentration of wealth in the hands of people who own primary wealth, which is gold and silver. Yeah. And that's why you want to own it. And people bitching right now that gold and silver is not going up. Well, look at the rest of the markets. They're cratering. Yep. The derivatives are cratering. Everything that we've said about Extra's pyramid, go look at a go look at any, you know, Charles Schwab. Go look at any of this fucking garbage. Okay. It's all crashing. And we even haven't had the big event yet. <laughs> we just had a couple of points of, you know, like one point of interest rate. And the whole thing is going to crap, to hell in a no. handbasket, as my grandmother would say. We That's proof positive. So if you're in gold and silver and you're frustrated the price isn't going up, that's the wrong way to look at it. What you should yeah. be frustrated and, and, is that the derivative market just destroyed yeah. your fucking wealth that you've been earning your entire life. Excuse my language. I get excited about this. All the wealth that you thought you had working your butt off exchanging your labor since the time that you're old enough to hold a job to now yeah. is evaporating before your eyes. Okay. Yeah. Gold and silver are holding steady because they're primary wealth and they will go up in terms of the dollar yeah. as the dollar starts to crash. That's the next stage. If people looking at the yeah. current market can't see that and can't see extra's pyramid and how valuable yeah. just that and one graphic is, towards helping you maintain your wealth. I mean, if you know nothing, if you listen to nothing else we've ever said, take to heart Extra's Pyramid Be yeah. because it's the truth. And, and we're seeing it play out in front of our eyes right now. Yeah. And, and think, Rob, 
in America, we're in such a blessed situation. Gold yeah. is up 10% in pounds sterling. Yeah. Gold is up 10% this year. When it's stock- up more in China, where yeah. they don't play the derivative games. Yeah. So we're in this artificial situation where the dollar is gaining against other currencies and commodities are priced in the dollar. Yeah. So this is like a blue cross. Do you have blue cross sales here or something? The extra reductions. It reduced the price in dollars temporarily. (laughs) Okay. It's it's making it easier than ever for Americans to buy gold and silver. The very thing they don't want us to do, they're making it easier for us to do because the dollar, you know, the dollar milkshake theory is partially correct. The dollar will gain against other currencies as people try. Until it doesn't. It's correct until the dollar no longer gains because it's a fiat currency. So all fiat currencies go away. The dollar milkshake will work until that point in which it doesn't. It'll be exactly correct until yeah. the point it's exactly yeah. in. So it's on sale. So, so, so buy it. <laughs> so last thoughts, Ian, gold and silver haven't sold off like stocks and Bitcoin and all that other garbage aren't having you know the rising interest bonds because it makes your bond worth less when the interest rate goes up and you don't want to buy into a rising rate environment of bonds because that guarantees a loss in the future, right? Yeah. So gold and silver, you know, aren't, Gold's not at 2,500, silver's not at 50 because the prices aren't responding, Ian. Remember, they're determined by the derivative markets. That's really the answer. But prices aren't responding. You know, talk to me about the negative sentiment on gold, silver. Should people be negative towards them because they haven't exploded up? No, I mean, I remember the journey back in 2020 when we went down to $11. And a friend was asking Mm me, oh, my gosh. Why did you get me to buy silver? This was before I started the business. And I said, every fundamental is still in place and more have been added. So that was two years ago. How much mm-hmm. funny money have we created since then? How many trillions? I think it's 20 trillion worldwide. Was it, was it M0 or M1 that went up five times? I think it was M0 that went up five times and M1 went up a, a went ridiculous amount in one year. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. And then they, then they changed how they recorded it. They changed the recording method to make it look less extreme of course it's the government come on so sort of winding back to a little thing you said about how quickly this can happen i think japan is about to financially just implode explode whatever you want you you look at how they're trying to hold at a quarter percent and the same time pretty well repeatedly it's spiked to 0.4 and if you look at how much the Bank of Japan is buying that 10-year now by creating more funny money. <laughs> you know what? They create it. They pay. Here's one branch of the government creating it, and then another branch pays. Create, pay, like yeah, this. Yeah. Now, now, when Japan collapses economically, financially, it will. All interconnected, remember. Europe will go. One. Yeah. Yeah, but the chain of events, I think, will be Japan. Then Europe, one medium-sized hedge fund in Europe yep. could buy all of the physical silver and gold. That Which is just means one. when compared with everything else, gold and silver are undervalued. Exactly. And don't, because you shouldn't don't be able to do that. They can't come here and buy up all the American stuff. <laughs> 
they probably already are in all yeah. the stuff sitting in the yeah. eligible category of COMEX is private storage. Yeah. We don't know who it's owned by the United States. Uh -uh. Private ownership, no. baby. And the banks yeah. are not legally required to divulge their account holders. It could be owned yeah. by anybody. All the gold and silver sitting on COMEX, 90% of it could be owned by the Chinese, the Africans, the Brazilians, European, any combination thereof. Yeah, That's our nation's wealth. And it's probably owned by somebody else let alone the 8,000 tons that hasn't been counted, 8,000 tons of gold in West Point and Fort Knox that it was last counted in 1953, I think. <laughs> I'm a former auditor. You cannot rely on those numbers. I wouldn't go six months relying on those numbers without an audit report. I sure as hell wouldn't go 60 years. Yeah. <laughs> 70 years. Coming yeah. up 70 years last year since it was last counted. Yeah. So. I may be 100 years old before they ever count that, or I, I may die... <laughs> You know, hopefully making our hand at the fact that the government has not audited our gold holdings. We'll have to see what happens. Anyway, Ian, this has been a good one. I think we're probably going to break this up into a couple of episodes. We had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but thanks for returning back to the program. And thanks for providing people gold and silver cheaply yeah. because that's what we need. And the system you have, I'm going to summarize this basically in one sentence. You've cut out some of the middlemen and you've taken out a bunch of the cost in order to be able to provide people precious metals more cheaply than just about anybody else. And it's already darn cheap compared to what it should be. In my opinion, there's no excuse. If you're thinking, if, if precious metals seems yeah. like something you want to do, there's no excuse for not diving in right now because you're not going to get it probably cheaper than it is right now, at least not a lot going forward. And you're not going to get cheaper premiums than what Ian's able to provide based on the way he built the business. So if you're going to do it, and it's something that you've made that decision to do. I certainly think, Ian, your service is probably the best way to go. Thank you, Rob. And just Thank one you for joining the program. We will have you back on, Ian. Uh, on on our, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled stuff. We've taken a couple of weeks off for for us doing business stuff, but we'll have you back on a regular basis. But thanks for what you do for people. I really do appreciate it. Well, thank you, Rob, for all your help and assistance. You're welcome. Until next time, you'll see us talking more about gold, silver, the Fed, and all the insanity going on in the financial markets. Remember, you can sign up for our free newsletter that comes out every Monday by going to our website, goldsilverpros.com, and clicking on that free newsletter button. Just provide your name and email. You can do burner accounts if you want. doesn't matter, but just stick it in there, and you'll get that every Monday, and you'll get the best interviews on the channel. We have a couple of very special guests, very prominent figures in the gold and silver space who are going to be joining our channel in the next couple of weeks. We've got one of those interviews scheduled for the first week or so of July. Another one I'm trying to get scheduled. Stay tuned for that. And uh, thanks everybody for joining the program. Until next time, this is Rob Keens of Gold Silver Pros.